Okay, so today's staff is Chavdalen. We pick up um, in the Chavdalen right before the Mishnah. We were dealing with the issue about yes, that a slave is can be a shaliach. The, um, the requirement, there's two basic requirements of being a shaliach. One is that you have to be part of the Jewish community. And the Gemara was trying to figure out what, from the Pesach of Gamatem by Truma, what the boundary of that is. It would exclude a non-Jew, but the question is, would it also exclude a slave? Um, because they're not considered Yisrael, but the Gemara concludes that actually a slave would be included because it would be considered a Ben Bris, obligated in the mitzvot. Rashi refers to the Pesach by, at the end of uh, Dvarim, about Chotzei, Chotzei, Tzecha, considered to be in the Bris. Um, so therefore, they're not categorically excluded. But nevertheless, there's another requirement that to be a Shaliach for a particular area, you need to be a, what's often is called like a Bar Hachis, so, like, the laws have to be relevant to you. So a slave could be a shaliach for Trumas and Maestros, because those laws are relevant. But a slave cannot be a shaliach for Gitin and Kiddushin, because there's no binding uh, Kiddushin and Gitin that apply to a slave, even though a slave is chayven mitzvot. So that's why a slave cannot be a shaliach for those purposes. So that's basically what we concluded yesterday. And now the Gemara end, ended a statement, and we sort of left, left the second half of the statement uh, dangling. So before the mission, we have the following. It says, "I'm a Rabbi Chibar Avram Rabbi Yochanan." Lines up the word "I'm a Rabbi Yochanan" about fifteen lines from the top. A slave cannot be a shaliach to accept a uh, a, get, a bill of divorce. Uh, you can put a bill of divorce in a on a woman on a slave owned by the woman because that's like on her property. But another person's slave cannot be a shaliach for that. Because he's not in the Torah in the category of getting kiddushin. Although we taught that a person can give to his female slave a writ of freedom, a star shichrur, um, and say, you remain a slave, but your unborn child that you are currently carrying, I am freeing your unborn child by giving you this, by giving him or her, whatever, this bill of freedom, this get shichrur that you are accepting on behalf of your unborn child. But that actually works. Um, so if basically she was pregnant with this child, she uh, t- takes possession of this writ of manumission for the child, and the child is freed. Right. Well, that's Gemara's point. So let's take a look. My, so my So how is that relevant to the discussion about whether a a slave can be a shaliach? Because anyway, a as Dov said. So how is she functioning here? Is she functioning as a shaliach for her fetus? Um, and number one, number two is this is would not be a problem of that he's not betoras in the kiddushin. A slave is certainly betoras shichror in a category that he could. Receive a, or she could receive a star shikhar for him or herself. So there shouldn't. Why should that be? It? Why is this? Even though we said this is still not a problem. This isn't a challenge to the idea. Why should it be a challenge to the idea? Uh, just because you can't be a shaliach for getting kiddushin, no reason you shouldn't be able to be a shaliach for uh, you know to accept a get shikhar for another slave. You're in the category of star shikhar. So the Gemara says. So why is this a challenge? What's the issue here? So no, you're right. He said two things. They really weren't related because this is not related to the idea that you can't be a shaliach for get a slave can't be a shaliach for get because he's not in the category of get. This is really 
this Afopisha Amru is really coming to, to qualify or to clarify a different point that was made. What was the different point that was made? That it was that that was the transition. You, a slave cannot accept a, a get a get or uh, uh, you know uh, be a shliach for getting and kiddushin because he's not in that category. But a slave could be a shaliach to accept a writ of manumission, a star shichur for a fellow slave because a slave is in the category of shichur. So that's okay. So I can accept a a, a, a star shichur for my friend from my friend's master, from my friend's owner. Aval lo miyad rabu shalo. If, however, let's say, my master owns me and another slave, he can't give me a star shikhrur to accept it on behalf of this other slave that he owns. Why not? Why can't I be a shaliach? Suppose you can be a shaliach. But the problem is, is that the master has to give it to someone else. And since he's giving, he's your master and he's giving it to you, it's like he's putting it in his own hand. Right? It's not like he's putting it now. You could say when he frees his own, when he, if he were to free you, he would put it in his own hand. But there you can, and that's the more question the more I ask also by a get of an Isha. That why don't we say Kani Isha Karabala? How does she possess it for herself? So here the point, the principle there is, Gito Viyado Boim Ke'echad. That since in this act of giving the get, you become a free man, or when I give a get to my wife, she becomes divorced and is able to have property on her own, then in that same act that, that is effecting that, she's like sort of at all at the same time, she achieves the right and that independence to take possession for herself or for the take a slave that's considered to be I'm not just handing it from my right hand to my left hand I'm giving it into a different domain because this act is actually acknowledging and creating the slave as a free person that's when I free the slave in that act when I'm not freeing the slave in the act I'm giving it to slave one to take possession of it for slave two it's like I took it from my right hand and I put it into my left hand and that's not an act of giving a star shikor and that doesn't work so even though he could be a shaliach right he cannot actually represent himself as some different different domain, different entity, in order that it be considered a legitimate act of Natina. They tell a joke, whether it's more of a Kiddushin joke or whatever, they tell a joke that um, a rabbi goes into a, uh, a, a yeshiva and says, what are you all learning? So we're learning the Sechus Kiddushin. So he says, okay. He says, can a, um, can, you know, can a androgynous uh, be Makadesh himself. So, <laughs> so the students are saying, well, I don't know, it's an act of Natina, because you're not giving it to another person, you're just giving it to yourself. And going back and forth, and he says, of course not, he's his sister. So anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so you can't. He, even though she can be a shaliach to accept a bill of freedom, a star shichur for a from another master, he cannot accept a star shichur for a fellow slave from his own master. Niad rabo shalom. Now, what? Haven't given it. It's not a It's like giving the rab gave it from his right hand to his left hand because this slave, even after accepting this star, remains possession of the rab. Right. Exactly. Only if you're becoming free in that act. Now, if a person whispers to you, you got to love that phrase, and says, oh, how can you say such a thing? How could you say that you can't give it to one slave to free another uh, if they're both your slaves? But don't we have, haven't we taught if a, if a slave woman was pregnant, I can give it to my slave woman to free, and it frees the fetus. So there she's taking possession. They're both my slaves and one is taking possession 
Mishnah Mishtar Shechar for the other. Where's the mice and the Sina there? So, and Warlo, say back to that person, two of the greats of the generation interpreted this. Umanu, and who, Rabbi Zev, Rabbi Shmuel Bar of Yitzchak, and they basically gave like two sort of complementary explanations. Hamani Rebbe, no, no, that is based on the teaching of Rebbe, the Amar Hamashachachati Avdokana. I can free half my slave. So we would say, even if he didn't become a complete independent entity. Okay? Now, exactly how do you free half and which half or whatever, but I am like renouncing my ownership over half of you, I am freeing half of you. So Rebbe says that actually works. And it, because enough, yeah, half of him is, is, is free, he can take possession of the Star Shikhar for that half that's being freed. Okay? And now add to that the following idea. The Khadamar, the other says, is in a different explanation, but it's a complementary one. Um, my time is a Rebbe, Baha. Kasavar, and how would Rebbe's idea apply in this case here about the pregnant slave? Uber Yerach Imahu. The fetus is not considered a separate entity, but considered part of the mother. So it's like I said, I'm freeing your leg. Your leg now doesn't, isn't owned to me anymore. Your arm isn't owned to me. I can't ask you to do any work with your right arm. Your right arm is yours, okay? I'm going to get work out of your left arm. Okay, so that's a nice interesting idea of chatzievet, an actual very identifiable part of the slave you're freeing. Okay, but if we say that, then she is, it's a type of a gito v'yadah banke echad, because since in this taking of it, part of her becomes her, uh, her own entity, even though it's not the fetus that is taking possession of the, of the you know, physically, it's a physical thing, that's, it's, it's, the, the, the get is in her hand. It's not, in, it's not in the fetus's hand. But that idea that conceptually, since these act, this act is coming with some of her own freedom attached to it, then therefore that creates us enough of a separate entity that she can actually take possession, which is definitely a chiddush. Okay, so that's the principle. So a slave can be a shaliyah for something that is relevant to him or her. So for like Tumas and Maishas, yes. For Shashikra, yes. Not for Gittin Kiddushin. But you can't give a Shashikra to you one slave to get work for another slave of yours because then there's no act of giving. It's all staying within your direct control. Except you can free your own slave and you can even free half of your slave or the fetus of a slave. Uh, that would all work. Yes. Well, Shivcha Harufa is the case yeah. of a half-free slave. Half, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, so that's, I mean, yes. So yes, it is a similar case. Yeah, well, whether you allow that status to remain, but yeah. Okay, so now we continue, yeah. Remember we had the example the other day of the tree with the stone in between. Right. And we would discuss... Yeah, that's we interesting. Half we have a lot of half and half. Right, the other. right. But there's something about this thing about being half of a slave. Right. That this disconnects totally the person from the parts of the body or something. Right, right. No, you're right. It is very similar. And then, the fact, I mean, a normal half of a slave is just conceptually, you're half free, right? Not a particular part of your body. And then we're actually, are making it, you're right, sort of like that rock that goes between the trees. Right. To actually identify a specific part of the so body. How do you define half of slave? Exactly. No, so if you just say half, it's not any particular part of the body. And then how, what's the halachic status of somebody that's half free? I mean, how, you know, that's like, I understand. So that's like a lot of, so, so particularly there's one Achron, who he loves exploring that question. How, what's the halachic status of somebody that's half free? But that's the entirety of him. It's like, you know, as opposed to a particular piece of the body, which is in this case. All right. So the man just says, like, make me a cup of coffee, and he does it with his right hand. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at the next Mishnah. So we mentioned who can write a get 
who can bring a get. And now that we're mentioning who can bring a get and who might be disqualified because they're not a bardas or not a bar shlichus or whatever, we're going to talk about people that might not be able to bring a get because they have to say b'fani nechta b'fani nechtam or because maybe they're just anyway suspect of trying to make ruin this, this woman's life and maybe it's a forgery and maybe we have to be concerned. So that's what the mission says. We actually are not concerned about that. Women who are not believed to tell a husband, another woman over in Meseches Yevamos that her husband died we believe in Eid we believe a woman but we but there are certain people we don't believe because we're afraid they're trying they're giving her false information and they wanted to remarry and then her husband's going to show up alive and her life is going to be a mess so those those women that we don't believe because we think they might have something in for this woman um, to say that her husband died nevertheless they can bring a get and we don't suspect that the get is forged okay because you gotta you gotta get with witness is signed on it. So, who are these women? Chamosa, the mother-in-law. Ubas Chamosa, the mother-in-law's daughter, so the sister-in-law. All these women we feel, you know, we don't know always, but we feel sometimes they can have something out for the, uh, this new woman in their family. What a fantastic idea. Vitsarasa, her co-wife. That's, that's pretty obvious. The Yavinta, her, her husband's brother's sister. Why? Oh, no, that says her husband's brother's wife. Her husband's mother's wife. Why? Because if her husband dies and she's left without children, then her husband's brother will do yibum with her, and then she'll become a tsara to the existing wife. Okay, so that co-wife always is a, you know, um, okay, if you even so Ubas Bala, her stepdaughter. Okay, so all these women, we not, you know, again, we don't say always, but it's possible that they could have uh, something against this woman, and when they're not believed to say that her husband died, they're believed to bring a get. Ma ben get lemisa, what's the difference? Shaksav mochiach, because here you have a writ, and that is something that, you know, it's not saying that people can't write again, but it's signed, right? So it's signed by witnesses, so you're not suspecting that somebody forged this. Ha'isha asma miviyaskita, a woman could bring her own get. Be a shaliach to herself. Talk about a mas and nesina. We're going to discuss that in the Gemara. How can she give it to herself? Where's the act of nesina? So she has to say, which is pretty funny, because if the husband gave it to her, is only when you're bringing it from one place to another. So where is she bringing it to? How does she give it to herself? Where is she bringing it to? And why is she bringing it from, you know, a distant place that she has to say, so we'll see all that in the Gemara. Well, but yeah, but, but then why would that? We'll see about that in the Gemara. Okay, Vatanya says, that the women who are not believed to say the husband died are not believed to bring the get and we could say it's a debate but maybe there's a way of reconciling these two teachings so the Gemara says it depends are they bring it in Eretz Yisrael where they don't have to say or in Chutzarts where they do or from Chutzarts in Eretz Yisrael where they're not testifying to anything they're just bringing it and the star and the get is speaking for itself with its own testimony so so in that case Mamma she's believed because I mean, mostly what she's saying is that she's not testifying to the validity of the get. She's just uh, say, saying that she's a shaliach, and even her status as a shaliach is pretty implicit from the fact that she's carrying a get. So there's very little that we're actually relying on her. We're really all relying on the witnesses. So in that case, it's not a problem. But Chutzlar said, where she needs to say to validate her, you know, her role as a shaliach or this thing's validity as a get. In that case, lo mehem she's not going to be believed because we are afraid that she could lie about that 
Okay? Of course, she would still have to have forged the get, but nevertheless, because it's about her testifying, we don't want to believe her testimony. <coughs> so, Amalek Abaya, Abaya said, Ad Rabba, the opposite makes sense. Ifcha Mistabra, the opposite is what makes sense. Ba'aret, in Hedj Yisrael, the Asibama Ma'are, Mashkachinam Day, since there's no testimony of a Fani Nechtav, yeah, the woman can get married with this right away, but if the get is ever challenged, then it's by the husband, it's going to be a problem. And uh, she's going to need to validate it. And if she can't validate it, she's going to be messed up. So she's really, um, you know, vulnerable to uh, being hurt by this whole thing in the case that it's in Eretz Yisrael. So so maybe she's bringing this get to ruin this woman's life. So so in that case, she will not be believed, meaning even though she's barely saying anything, but she's not, uh, we don't accept the get. We are concerned it might be forged. We don't believe that she's really a shaliach because it could be that, uh, you know, that this whole, she's doing this whole thing to set up the woman. Okay? Um, but in the Chutzlaret, where the husband, if you were to come and complain, once you said, the kid, the get cannot be challenged. So in that case, shall we believe? Now, of course, what you could still do is the witnesses who signed the get could come and say, we never signed it. So it's not like it's completely bulletproof, like completely impervious to any type of attack. Right, but the point is that that presumably would be the other opinion. Well, the one opinion is saying is, I don't want to believe any testimony she says okay and so she's not saying testimony I'm fine the other one says I don't want to believe a case I don't want to have her delivered in a case where maybe she's setting even if she's not testifying she's setting the whole thing up to ruin this woman okay and therefore I don't want to believe her in a case of Eretz Yisrael so I'm just saying in the case of Chutzaretz the one that says she's not believed in Chutzaretz right what's he afraid of right because because if so he's afraid of a scenario presumably it's true if the husband were to challenge it the husband wouldn't be believed but presumably he's still afraid of a scenario where the aiding would come and say the whole thing is a forgery and then her life would be ruined okay so that's the debate um we talk like Abaye that it really is that the problem is in in um, in Eretz Yisrael where she's left really vulnerable. A woman should bring her own get from a kavachomer. Women that are not believed to say that the, that the woman's husband died can bring the get. A woman who can say the woman herself who can say that her husband who is believed to say her husband died in those discussions in Yifamos. How much more so can she bring her own get? Okay? So, we welcome Shabbat, but if we're making a Kavachomer, that a woman can bring her own get because from the fact that these other women can bring a get, so then it has to be limited by that initial case. The same way when these other women bring a get, they have to say, when she brings her own get, she has to say it. So that's in just establishing the second part of the Mishnah that a woman can bring her own get. But what's implicit is when are we believing these other women who bring a get? When they say the funny nechtam, funny nechtam. So we're believing these other women when they're bringing the get from Chutzlaret. So that shows like Abaye that when the, these women bring the get from Chutzlaret, they're believed because they're actually, as opposed to when they testify the husband is dead, where the woman is very vulnerable to having her life ruined if the husband shows up, or as opposed to when they bring the get in Eretz Yisrael, where she's vulnerable to having her life ruined if the husband shows up and says, I never wrote the get. When they bring it from Chutzlaret and testify, this woman is really protected and that because she's so protected there's really very little to be concerned about okay so then the Gemara says 
Amar Vashi, Ravaji says, Masisi Nami Dika. Our mission also, if you read closely, supports this idea. talk says that the woman has to say. So clearly we're talking in a scenario of Chutzlaretz. That's the context of the mission. That's the context of these other women as well. Shmamina. That's a good proof. Rav Yosef. Now how about Rav Yosef who says that the women are only believed in Eretz Yisrael? How does that work? The end of the case of the woman bringing her own get is a case that we're The beginning of the Mishnah that says that a Summa cannot bring a get. Anybody remember why a Summa can't bring a get? A blind person? Because he can't say Bafani Nechtav. It's talking about Chutzlaret. So we have the mission about Sumas Chutzlaret, the mission about the woman herself bringing her own get Chutzlaret. This middle case of these other women, all of a sudden it's talking about Eretz Yisrael. It's talking about three different, two different Mishnayot. Yeah, okay, but it's all in the same juxtaposed. Right, well, I don't know exactly where they broke the Mishnah, but anyway, but it's all juxtaposed. These three cases follow one another. The people that are puzzled to bring a get is a Suma because he's can't say Bifani Nechtav. These women are Kasher. A woman, herself, the wife herself could bring, because she says Bifani Nechtav. So the first case is Bifani Nechtav. The last case is Bifani Nechtav. The middle case of these women is not a Bifani Nechtav. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so that's one way of answering it. Yeah, fine, that is what it's talking about. But obviously, the evidence is that the whole context of all of it is the Bifani Nechtav context, and that completely supports Abaye that these women are believed not, not because they're saying Bifani Nechtav, they're believed because then this woman is really, prote- is really we're not afraid of trying to ruin her life because she's then really protected against the task. Yes. So I thought it was very interesting what you just said. Um, I, we, we, we see the terminology of race and safe all over the place. But yeah. How do we know if they broke the Mishnah at all? It's yeah. Long, long right. Long. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, that's a good, cool, uh, I, I, I don't know, I mean, there's a, there's a scholarly discussion about that, about, like, where the Mishnah is actually broken, and, um, yeah, I mean, and, and to what degree and even... And it's, it's all just contextualized. Whenever they say race and safe, it's because they're focusing on some piece, but maybe... Exactly. Well, yeah, it certainly was divided to Prokham. I don't know what stage it was divided into individual Mishnayot, but even when it was it's not like everybody had the same division yeah. I mean you, so that the Gemara is connected right so now do you help organize it but you know how much is that different than when we're working within a Mishnah and then the editor takes three words from the Mishnah and tells you no, we're not going to be dealing with this part of the Mishnah you know and puts us between those two dots you could imagine that the whole Mishnah of a parak was all together and everything was just on this part it's a problem when people learn Yerushalmi because the um, Mishnah that they have when the, the, I mean the whole Yerushalmi is based on one manuscript which is pretty like amazing like I mean there were obviously many many manuscripts but we lost them all in history there was only one manuscript that survived if you imagine what would have happened if that manuscript hadn't survived anyway so but the point is that manuscript did not have the Mishnayot in it it just had the Rishalmi so when they printed the Rishalmi they used a separate Mishnah to print together like you know they printed like all at the beginning sometimes they print, I think in the original Venice edition they printed the entire Mishnah at the beginning and they didn't even break it up like the entire Mishnah of the Parrot but besides which that then often the text of the Mishnah that they used was not the text of the Mishnah that the Yushalmi had. So sometimes you're not understanding what the Gemara is talking about because they're actually dealing with a different Mishnah. Anyway. Alright, so now the Gemara continues. Um, you say they inferred the Mishnah? What? You say they inferred the Mishnah from the Gemara? No. They just used a standard Mishnah text and they printed it together with the Yushalmi. Um, Mishnah probably then. What? Yeah, from independent uh, Kisayat of the Mishnah. Okay, anyway, so... 
Okay, um, okay. Mitzvah Shabbat. Now, what encourages Rev Yosef to have his read that the, that the case about these women is in Eretz Yisrael since all the good evidence is that it's Chutz Laaretz? Because Mishnah said the reason we believe them is because of the writ. Okay, which sounds like it's the get doing its entire testimony that the woman isn't saying anything. That pushed him to say that we're believing these women because we don't have to trust their testimony. I know that, the, that this woman is, this wife is potentially vulnerable, but he reads the mission that the mission is saying the reason we believe them is because they're not saying anything, because it's just the get. According to you guys that was talking in it should have said because the writ backs up what she is saying. But by just saying it's the writ itself, that to him says that it sounds like it's talking Dafka and Eretz Yisrael. Okay? So we have that debate, although all the evidence is that we're talking in Chutzlaret. She's more believed because the writ backs up what he's saying and because it's leaving the woman protected rather than vulnerable. Okay. Now, a woman can bring her own get. Um, so says, How does a woman become a shaliach to deliver herself, a get to herself? As soon as the get gets to her hand, she's divorced. Um, so he says, Okay, I want you to bring this get in front of this based in, in this other city in Miami, and that's where the divorce will take effect. So she has to go to Miami, and uh, then it becomes divorced. But the Gemara says, Okay, but she's still not a shaliach. That's a tznai. Why does she have to say, Befani Nechtov? So the Gemara says, Sof Sof Kimat Yahasim Igris Shabbat. As soon as she gets this, she's divorced. So she's not a shaliach, and it's not, she doesn't have to say, Befani Nechtov. So El Amar Avun Bar Manoach, Mishmei Derav Acha, Brei Deravika, the Amar La, he says to her, Kimat Yahasim, when you get there to Miami, Isnachi Sa'ara, put the get on the ground, the shakla, and then pick it off the ground. So that's how you give a get from your right hand to your left hand. Okay? <laughs> so how do you give this exact same problem we did before? How do you give one person deliver it to him or herself? So what you do is, as a shaliach, you put it on the ground, then you take off your shaliach hat, put on your wife's hand, hat, and pick up the gets from the ground. Yeah, the problem is that's not an act of Nathina. You gave it to the ground. You didn't give it to the wife. Okay, so the Gemara says, okay, um, if the man says to the wife here pick up your get from the ground he didn't say anything that he's not considered giving it to her he put it on the ground and she took it from it that's not an act of giving it to her so here too she didn't give it to herself so okay here's what it says be a shaliach for delivery till you get there to Miami when you get there then your status will change. You'll be a shliach lekabbalah. I mean, the uh, Rishat says you don't have to say you'll be a shliach lekabbalah. You'll just say you'll be yourself. But he says it was said for parallel. Okay, when you get to Miami, your status as shliach leholacha will change. You'll become a. You'll become yourself. And then, because in that act that you're holding this get, and all of a sudden your identity changes, and you went from holding it as my agent to holding it as yourself, that constitutes the act of Nasina. Okay, you got the idea? I'm holding, I'm holding on to this get. I am now the husband's agent. I'm going to say, let's say here, we'll make it clear what the, the key moment is. When you say the word poof, okay, you will, change, you will stop being my agent and you'll become yourself. I'm holding this get and I say poof. Okay, so now I became myself. So I went from holding it as the husband to holding it as myself. 
That's considered an act of Nesina. Right. Okay. And then because you now gave it to yourself, you have to say, the funny next time, funny next time. Aid him or a basin, depending on whether you need aid him or a basin. It's completely conceptual and in no way physical. Correct. Correct. Yes. But that all has to be part of the Baal's instructions. That all has to be part of the Baal's instructions. Yes. This okay. Is the origin of the phrase no. not myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now, what? Is there a case where he could toss it into a property and then he receives it that way? Yes. So how is that? You know, that is such an excellent question. I haven't had a chance to research that, but that's what I was thinking. It seems to me the easiest way of solving this is to say, go to your house and throw it in your house. Right? You don't need to be you. You just need to put it in your property. So you be my agent and put it in your house. And then you'll divorce yourself as my agent. Right? I didn't understand why the Gemara didn't say that. You know what? Then there's an act of giving. And you can be me and give it to, not you, but give it to your property. So I didn't understand why the Gemara didn't, didn't do that. What? No, because on her ground is an Athena. On neutral ground, it wasn't given to anybody. But put into her house. Yeah. No. <laughs> but we're just trying to... Because cons- it's an interesting theoretical case. Can a woman be a shaliyah for herself? And would you say the funny next of that? Okay. Somebody once said about this, you know, this was before they had TV. We would say before they had internet. <laughs> before they had streaming video. Okay, so yes. Yeah. It's an obvious assumption that putting it on my property... No. We're going to learn that out later. Okay, yeah. All right, so now... Um, okay. Fine. Um, okay. The Kriyevsky text. So the Gemara says, uh, okay, so then, and that act will somehow be considered an act of Natina. So the Gemara says, for one minute, the Shlichus did not return to the husband. So what does that mean, the Shlichus did not return to the husband? So what it means is, is that the way, um, the, you know, the way Rashi tells us pretty much explain it is that to be my Shaliach, my agent, your identity has to exist beyond the act. Um, you have to, in theory, I don't know where the Gemara gets this idea, but you have to, in theory, be able to, like, say, go back to the husband and say, as your agent, I'm reporting that I did what you said. Now, and that means, if Michael makes me an agent, I don't know, you know, sell David something, and then in the meantime, I accept another agency there from Charlie to do something else, that other agency doesn't compromise the fact that I'm also Michael's agent, okay? But in this case, the only way she can do the act is by stopping to be the husband's agent. As while she's representing the husband, she can't also represent herself, which is the other side of the act. So in this case, the agency can ne- does, cannot survive beyond the actual act itself. Okay? Yes, but not in your capacity as agent. Okay? So the Gemara, I, I don't know why the Gemara assumes that that's necessary, but it assumes that to represent that person as an agent, it has to survive the act and be able to survive the act itself, the agency. Okay? So therefore, that doesn't work. So the Gemara feels that that won't work. Um, the Amar Allah, fine. So here's what he said. Be a shaliach to transport to get till you get there. When you get there, make a point for yourself, a somebody to receive it for you as the wife. That's easy. Right? That's like the case we said to put it in her house. Again, I don't know why the Gemara had to go to you know. To, uh, that seems to be an easy case, put it in her house. But the Gemara has something very similar. Fine, you be my agent, and you as wife appoint somebody else to be your agent, so we'll be able to give it 
to that other person, okay, you'll, to, no, who will represent you. You'll represent me, and another person will represent you, and that's, you know what, let's have fun. You can make me your agent to represent you. <laughs> to do that, she would give the get to him. Okay, anyway, fine. Okay. <laughs> what? Right. There you go, exactly. Actually, you can do that for Kiddushin. She can make him a shaliach. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant, okay? He can make her a shaliach to give the Ketabat Kiddushin to, to, to herself, and she can make him a shaliach to accept it for herself. So you get it going in the opposite direction. Okay, we just, <laughs> we just solved the problem. <laughs> no, in five minutes. Okay, anyway. All right, so that's what... What? That actually is pretty cool. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now the Gemara says like this. Um... Okay. When you get there, make somebody else your shaliach to receive the get. That's good if a woman can make a shaliach to accept the get from her husband's shaliach. But if a woman's not allowed to do that, what can you say? Meaning, a woman is, of course, allowed to make a shaliach to accept the get for her, but that is when the husband delivers the get. If it is one shaliach with another shaliach, there's actually a debate. Okay? So the woman can make a shaliach to receive a get directly from the husband. Can she make a get to receive a shaliach to make a get from the husband's shaliach is a debate. And according to, and we'll see why, what it's about in a minute. But according to the position that it's not acceptable, you don't have an answer. So the Gemara is going to say, well, let's see, let's see why it's not acceptable. So the Gemara says, time of, so, time of my, now what is the reason, according to that opinion, that a woman cannot make a shaliach to accept the get from her husband's shaliach? So one explanation is, you know, it's uh, it's uh, disparaging to the husband. It's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing to the husband. What? I'm not good enough that you can't go ahead and accept the gets directly from my shaliach. You have to make another shaliach. It's so funny. Here he is divorcing his wife through a shaliach. <laughs> oh, but what? But you can't be there yourself. I'm so offended. Okay. So that's one explanation. Now, if he's giving it himself, he can't claim being offended because he's he's there himself and he's prepared to give it but if he's not there himself and it's only his shaliach we don't want maybe if you want to frame this we don't want him to come back and say I wasn't happy with what happened I heard that she wasn't there herself okay so if he so if he's not present himself then we don't want her to make another shaliach so he won't have a basis for complaining okay so that's the reason the hachabalo kapit here he's telling her to do this make another shaliach so there's no problem the only reason she according to the opinion she can't make a shaliach for his if he has a shaliach if he might get upset here it's clear that he's not upset okay that works okay that's if that's the reason ah but there's another possible problem the other possible problem is that um, that it's it seems too similar to the following case. What's the following case? I take this get and I put it in my yard. Then I sell this yard to Michael here. With the get in it. Michael goes ahead and sells this yard to my wife. Okay, is she divorced? 
No, there was no act of Nitin. If I, get, if I gave the yard directly to my wife, she would be divorced. But if it's going through Michael, it's not. So that looks, now, that is somewhat, very somewhat, structurally similar to me giving a get to my shaliach. My yard here is my shaliach. Okay? And then my wife going ahead and appointing another shaliach. She had some interaction there with Michael, which then allows that get to transfer with none of the parties directly involved. Okay? So again, it's very loosely similar. I don't really get why this is such a basis for concern. But anyway, if that's the issue, then it has nothing to do with the Baal Sakpada. It just looks too... We don't like it when neither party is directly involved. It's too much confusing, confusable with other cases. So if that's the issue, you haven't solved the problem. Because she can't make a shaliach with Kabbalah here. So the Gemara says like this. Michael um, and So here, so fine. Try this case. The Amarla have a shriach lo locha dematis hasam. Be a shriach to deliver the get. The chimatis hasam. When you get there, shavi shriach lo locha. You appoint a shaliach lo locha in your place. The clearly has kitech mine, and you be receive the get from that person. So you don't, in the end, deliver the get to yourself. You deliver the get to another shaliach lo locha, and that shaliach lo locha delivers it to you, which is not pshat in the Mishnah. Pshat in the Mishnah is that she's actually the one delivering the get to herself. Anyway, and there the principle is that when a shaliach l'holacha hands over the get to another shaliach l'holacha, he has to say, b'fani nechtam, b'fani nechtam, because he's the one that saw it. Right? So how do you transfer the b'fani nechtam? The original one is the one who saw it. So he says b'fani nechtam, so the woman says b'fani nechtam to shaliach l'holacha number two, and then shaliach l'holacha number two gives the get to the woman. Okay? The Ibai saying so that's almost the exact same so says why did you need this this is really the same as the other point but not you as a private party a contract a second shaliach you hand over the responsibility to the based in and say to the based in and based in will contract another shaliach to carry it out which by the way happens right somebody's asked to deliver a get and whatever reason they can't what do they do they have to now start looking for another shaliach in their place so they go you find a based in you give over the responsibility to the based in you go home and based in then will take the responsibility of making sure that it gets delivered and then appoint another shaliach okay so it's one it's really a variation of the same type of an answer okay so as opposed to the case where it sounds like a woman hands it from her right hand to her left hand and I like the idea of the Gemara that she just sort of says poof and then by changing her identity it's considered an, an act of Nasina. the Gemara in the end has her giving it getting another party involved another party to either become her replacement shaliach l'holacha or another party to be her shaliach l'kabbalah and, and that you have two parties here so you can do an act of giving again why the Gemara did not just have her putting it in her property that I don't know um, okay and that is the end of the second parak, which as you see we sort of started with Bafani Nechtam Bafani Nechtam along the way we dealt with issues about how the Ksiva is done right that was nice okay we dealt with some aspects of the Chasim as well and then we sort of closed the second parak with going back to Bafani Nechtam Bafani 
Shechtam. We dealt with the whole issue about a delivering a get and a shaliach to deliver a get. But who is a good shaliach? To some degree, also a little bit depends on the Nechtav, about a blind person or about um, you know about these women who normally are not trusted to uh, say a woman's husband died, but with the Bafani Nechtav aspect, they are trusted and so on. So it creates a nice closure of those two prakim. Okay. Now we go to our third parak here, where we get more directly into the criteria of writing a get um, and. Um, um, so let's take a look and it's so interesting because according to Rabbah the whole point of B'fani Nechtav was Lishma so this mission in the third parish starts with the idea of Lishma okay and again it's a little interesting right we just had a mission that said anybody could write a get right so it talked about who's kosher to write a get without talking about the process of writing a get and the requirements of writing a get which this text deals with which is the Lishma requirements okay so let's take a look a get written not for the sake of the woman is invalid Again, we're going assuming like Rabbi Eliezer, the Pshat of the Mishnah, we're assuming that means the writing of the get, or the writing of the Torah of the get. Okay, the essential part of the get. According to Rabbi Meir, just reminding you, the writing doesn't matter. It can even be as just the signing that matters. But this Mishnah is focusing on the writing. Any get written not for the sake of the woman is invalid. Kate says, Haya over b'shuk. You were walking in the marketplace. And you heard, you passed by a, scribal, a school of scribes. And you heard somebody reading out the lesson. Each plony Megarshas, plony Fumakam plony. Okay, everybody, get out your quills. Write the following text. So and so divorces so and so from this place. Okay, and you heard that this, this school, scribal school going on. The Amar, hey, Zeshmi, Vizeshemishti. Wait, that's my name. That's my wife's name. This is Shemayim. You know, I was thinking about divorcing my wife. <laughs> so, so, Puzzle, so, what? It's my shirt, exactly. Puzzle, Puzzle, a garish, bro. You can't use it because it wasn't written for you, for your wife, for Garish and anything. Yes, it became more than this. Cousin Lagarish is Ishto. Let's say I wrote it to serve as a get, okay? And I was going to use it for my wife. The Nimlach. And I changed my mind and I threw it out. But so, oh, Benny wrote, and then somebody in my city who happened to have my name, whose wife was my wife's name, they were both in the city, all the specifics were the, were the same. And he found it in the garbage. Omar, lo, oh, uh, he found me, actually, and said to me, I heard you were planning on divorcing your wife and changed your mind, but you know what? You still have your get available because the same names work. You can't use that, okay, either. Even though I'm anticipating what the Gemara is going to say, even though that was written for the real purpose, not just for practice, but for the real purpose of using for Gerashen. Nevertheless, it wasn't written for this man, it's for his wife. Yes, and he came more than this. I have two wives, both with the same name. Okay? So I wrote it to divorce my elder wife. Um, I can't use it for my younger. Obviously, elder and younger is immaterial. I can't use it. For, I wrote it for wife one. I can't use it for wife number two. Okay? Even though I wrote it for Gaelic purposes, for me, and I'm still using it for me, but it wasn't for her. It wasn't for the wife I'm going to use it for. Okay? Yes, and we came. More than this. I'm a Let's 
let's say you left it open. I write the get and say Rachel Basleya. I have both of my wives, that's their name, and I'll decide later which one I want to divorce. Okay? So it isn't even for the wrong woman. It was open ended. Maybe I should be able to determine it later. A principle like Yesh Freira, when I make up my mind later, it'll determine for which wife it was being written. Even that is possible Garish Bo. Okay? It has to be for Gerishin, for this man, for this woman, all concrete, all specific, all at the time of the writing. And, and the Gemara... one has to, like, get her own. I can't use one get for both of them. Obviously. Right. <laughs> so now, now the Gemara just spells out what I've been saying as I've read the Mishnah. So if the second case is that I found somebody who had a get for himself, what's the first case uh, that I was passing by and people were saying this out loud? Okay, I mean, I already gave you the answer to this, but the Gemara initially thought that that meant they were writing it for somebody else. So I'm going to pop up No, no. They're not writing it for somebody else. They were just practicing. It was a sofa school. They were practicing. I'm a Ravashi. Diganami Diktani Sofim Makrin. It says you heard Sofrim reading out. The Loktani Sofim Korin. Not that they were reading, but somebody was reading to them, reciting to them. Write the following. So they're, they're in school and they're practicing. Shmami not. So that's a, that's a good deal. My Yesemi came. Now what is the what is this sort of progression in the Mishnah? Not only the one of the Sofer school who wasn't even written for a real get, even one that was written to really be as a get for one guy. Puzzle. It's invalid because it wasn't written for you. But you it, was, it was his get, not your get. Not only the one is it invalid, somebody that was written for another guy. Even one that was written for you, but you wrote it for your other wife, is possible, is invalid. Because you, you wrote it for wife one, not for wife two. And not, that's, that's a little less clear what it means, but it means, and not only when it was written for a specifically a different wife is it invalid, but even when it was unspecified, it remains invalid. When it was a type of, I'll decide later, that also remains invalid. My time up. Right. Some unspecified game. Exactly. So my time. What's the reason that all these things are a problem? Because of the nuts and safer krisus biada. Heather just said deliver a get. Then the only requirement would have been that it be written as a get. It can't be a practice. It has to be written as a get. That, so, but if it's written for a get, even for another person, it's a safer krisus. As long as it was legitimately written to serve as a get, I would have said that would have sufficed. But if somebody else wrote it, the Avilushim Krisus, it was written for a get. Maybe it wouldn't have to be written for me, as long as it's written for a get. I have to write it. And I have to write it is understood, not necessarily I have to take quill to parchment, but it's understood to mean it has to be written on for me, for me as the Megarish. That's when it was written for another man. Okay? But if I have two wives, I'm writing it again, not literally taking quill to paper, but it's being written for me as the Megarish. So I would have said, that's okay. It doesn't matter which wife it's being written for. For her. 
Lishma for her sake. So it has to be for a for for this for for me and for the specific wife. The safer lamali and what is, what is the end teaching me when I'm leaving it open ended? You don't get to decide later. Leave it open ended. Now is that a general principle of ain brera? It could be, but look at Tosvos. Tosvos says. Um, even if normally you could leave something open-ended I'm separating Trumas and Maestros on grain that I will identify later or something like that okay and even if that works here, you agree, here he agrees that it won't work okay it sounds like the law requirement is saying you can't leave it open-ended. So at the time of the writing, it has to be clear that it's being written for a specific woman. So even if sometimes we allow things to be open-ended and defined later, here we do not. Yes? How does this compare with what we were discussing yesterday about you could even use a template or found it like this? Oh, the, oh, so like I said a minute ago, all of this is according to Rebbe Eliezer oh. that emphasizes that writing means the writing. According to Rebbe Mayer, right, the Vikosov just means Vikosov. So as long as it's signed with the right husband and the right wife in mind, none of this matters. Right, so all of this is Rebbe Eliezer, right? So, and that gets to the question of can a chayla show to the cousin write a guess, right? That's so interesting, that means that this star mishnah is of Eliezer, Right, familiar. exactly, which is why the Gemara, well, well, that was a problem that the Gemara had, that this mishnah is Rebbe Eliezer, but the earlier mishnah that said a chayla show to the cousin to write a guess sounded like it was Rebbe Meir, which led to some interesting ways of explaining that earlier mishnah. Okay, so now let's take a look. So if I wrote it for wife one, I can't use it for wife two. And they, they both have the same name. So the Gemara says, I can't divorce wife number two. But I can divorce wife number one with it. Okay, but there's a problem. They both have the same name. So is a get that is not clear from its own, from the words, exactly who it's referring to, acceptable. Okay, that could be a case that somebody else in the town has my name, right? And why? Because maybe if it has to testify to what happened, and it said, Reuven ben Yaakov divorced Rachel bas Leah, okay, we have no idea. You mean that Reuven ben Yaakov and Rachel bas Leah are the other one in the city? And maybe especially, now that might have to do with if you pass them like Rebbe Meir, right? If Eide Hasima Karti, as we've learned before, part of the get's identity is that it also is a Eidos and testimony. So maybe it has to be self, self very clear who it's testifying about. Whereas according to Rebbe Eliezer, it could be an instrument of divorce without being a testimony. It could be written on a Raceable background, okay? But a, but the, this is the question: Is a get kosher if we don't? It's not self-evident who it's referring to. Now, part of what clarifies who it's referring to is it's not just found on the ground. Somebody is holding it. So, if the woman is holding it, her name is Leah Bas Rachel, okay, and my name is Ruve Ben Yaakov, okay, then that combined that she's holding it makes it clear who gave it to her and uh, and who was divorced, even if her the co wife has the same name. But she is the one that's holding it. So, you okay? like an address. So, okay, so the Gemara speaks about adding the third generations, but that's not the case here. The case here was it was theoretically usable for the other wife. So, which means that 
it's not self-evident from the words in the get who it's referring to. Is that a kosher get? Okay, that's the Gemara's question. You can't use it for the younger wife, for wife number two. You can use it for wife number one. Amar Ravah says, Ravah, Zoso Maris teaches you, Shnei Yosef and Shimon Adarn Biyar Achas, if you have two people with the same name living in the city, the same city or town, Hadarn Biyar Achas, Motin Shtar Chov they can actually take out a, 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 a writ of, what's it called, a chov, a debt, um, an IOU against somebody else. Here, I've got this thing that says, Michael borrowed, um, you know, a million dollars from, from Ruben Ben Yaakov. I, I, I'm not Ruben Yaakov, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm Yosef Ben Shimon. So I'm taking, I say, pay me my million dollars. He says, no, I didn't borrow from you, I borrowed from the other guy. So, so his answer is, no, actually, you're not able to say that. Now, because how, what's the biggest evidence that he didn't borrow it from the other guy? I'm holding it, okay? So, that even though I, I'm holding it, that's enough to say who it's talking about. It's all, yeah, sure, that's possible, but we're not concerned about that, okay? So that shows you that even though on its own it's ambiguous who it's referring to, if the party holding it is the relevant party, then that's okay. And that's true here as well, okay? Amalei Abaye, Abaye said, responded to this. How about the guy who said, I have the same name as you, let me use a sket. Right, so let, we have a similar case in the Mishnah where, where the man, I can use it to divorce my wife, even though there's another guy in the city that he's got the same name and his wife's got the same name, right? That was the first case of the Mishnah. There's another guy in the city. Okay, so now it's a little different. Why is that a little different when the two husbands have the same name? Because this, here's the comparison the Gemara makes. Michael cannot come to me and say, look, it says, it says Yosef and Shimon owes me a million dollars. Pay up. Why can't he say that to me? I'll say it's the other one. Now, can you say, oh, but Michael's holding it. So what? So what you're holding it? That doesn't prove which Yosef and Shimon you're talking about. When Yosef and Shimon is holding it, you know which one it's talking about. When Michael's holding it, you don't know which one it's talking about. So the says, well, if this woman is holding a get and says she was divorced by Yosef and Shimon, right, the question isn't her name. The name in the get we'll assume that's the name of the person holding it. The question is the other name in the get. So, how come that works? You don't know which is the other one. Now, of course, that's a silly question. She's married to the other one, right? Michael can't prove it's Yosef and Shimon A. Even if he more does business with Yosef and Shimon A rather than B, there's nothing that shows that that's the one who, he, who borrowed the money from him. But if a woman is holding it and we assume that the person holding the get, theirs is the name, one of the names, there, then by definition the other guy is the other, is her husband. So it's a it's a it is a very strange challenge that Abaye makes. Once the one party's identity is determined by a get, the other party's identity is necessarily determined. Well, no, if he has okay, if the wife's identity is determined, the husband's identity is necessarily determined. So Abaye's challenge is a funny one. So let's just read one sentence of an answer. We'll pick up with this tomorrow. Okay. Um, uh, no, when does it work? 
when does it work if they have people that have the same name? That there are eighty Messiah, like I said before. The get doesn't have to testify for itself, according to Rabbi Eliezer. According to Rabbi Meir, a central part of the te- get is its ability to serve as edus, and that the writ testifies on its own. So for Rabbi Meir, if people have the same name in the town, this would be a problem. But for Rabbi Eliezer, as long as you have witnesses external that are observing it being given over, then it doesn't matter if two wives of the same name, two husbands of the same, whatever, two men of the same name, as long as it was written for the right person and they observed it, even if the get isn't testifying on its own, there's some ambiguity, it's okay because for Rabbi Eliezer, the get doesn't have to be testimony. And Rabbi Eliezer can have that the witnesses observe it and see it was given, even if from the writ of the get itself, it's not clear. Okay, but again, it's a very funny why the Gemara needed to say that. Once we assume the person holding it is the party being referred to, then that necessarily also determines the other side of the get as well. Okay, so it's not clear to me why the Gemara had to say this. It would seem it could go according to Rabbi Mayer, but anyway, that's at least where Abaye concludes, and we'll pick up with here with this tomorrow. No polyandry in Judaism.